couple of great songs there, wasn't there? Oh, boy. I about come ready to come out of my seat. I didn't want to scare Brother Adams here. I didn't want to shock him. <laughs> Amen. I'm just going to give a simple message today. And uh, it's like preaching to the choir today a little bit. But we get a lot of visitors and people that need to hear the truth. And so, uh, and I think it's good for us to hear it over and over and over again so that it's implanted in our minds that we understand what we're talking about. Amen? And so I hope it helps anyway. The title of my message this morning is, Which Gospel Have You Believed? Which Gospel Have You Believed? There's a question that today, is there more than one gospel? And the answer is no, not today. That's, you know, there's only one gospel that saves the day, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace. Has there ever been more than one at the same time? And the answer is yes. <laughs> we know that going from Israel's program to the body of Christ program for today, there was that transition and simultaneously you had the little flock with the body of Christ together temporarily for a little period of time there. So there was more than one gospel at one time. Some people, they say, well, there's only been one gospel always, and that is completely wrong. There has always been faith, but different content, and that's critical. You know, just like Abel. Abel, he received truth, and uh, that truth then was enlarged when God dealt with Noah. And then when God dealt with Abraham, it was different content. If you'll remember, uh, Abraham believed God that he could have a child at such an old age, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And uh, so it wasn't in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It was in the content that was given to him at that moment. He believed it, and God counted it for him. Moses received more revelation from God, and uh, they, he believed. So it's not always the same content. Uh, they didn't always, from Abel and on up to Paul, they didn't believe that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was enough to save them because they didn't even know what it was about at that time. And when hearing that today's gospel is not the same gospel as Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, early Acts, or Jesus' earthly ministry, or the Twelve's message, when a person at first hears that, they think, what? <laughs> They're kind of skeptical, aren't they? They're resistant. Uh, a lot of them, most of them, they have closed minds. And some people actually will even verbally attack you for saying something like that, you know. And uh, I'm reminded of Acts chapter 17, verse 11 and 12. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed also of honorable women 
which were Greeks and of men, not a few. You see, these individual people had it correct. <clears throat> they had an open mind. They would listen to what Paul or one of the, his men were saying, and then they'd go home and search the scriptures to see if it agreed with scriptures. And so when they would look, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And when you get in the word of God, faith comes to you. And so they would search the scriptures and then faith could come. I remember uh, the story of Pastor Joe Fink. We've had Joe here, and he's a great man. And uh, he had been a believer for years, and he was a pastor. And he read a booklet by Paul Van Gorder. And uh, this is the book right here, just a little pamphlet. Which Gospel When? That's the title of it. Uh, I've heard Van Gorder, I've heard him preach before. He has a very distinct uh, voice commanding your attention. Uh, he was a great speaker. And he wrote this, Which Gospel When? And uh, as a matter of fact, Brother Sears, who's with the Lord now, He's the fellow who ran down the aisle, wanted to sing on a Sunday morning. You remember that? And uh, he sang a couple courses or something. And uh, my guys didn't know who he was, and they drew their pistols. And uh, he, he took his life in his own hands. And by the way, if we ever do have a shooting, God forbid, just fall to the floor. I have several security guys here. They've been praying for a day they could shoot somebody. And so you don't want to be caught in the crossfire. But truthfully, just fall to the floor. We have men everywhere. And uh, that's just for your own information, okay? So, which gospel when? And in this booklet, it talks about the gospel of the kingdom to Israel. It talks about the gospel of God's grace to the body of Christ. It talks about another gospel. It talks about the everlasting gospel gospel. Pastor Fink, he said, he read this booklet and he began to see dispensationally. He began to see there were different gospels during different dispensations. And uh, it began to become clear to him. Interesting, a few years later, he and his wife were in Oklahoma and they visited Les and Iris Feldick. And, of course, both of them are with the Lord now. But they had a meal together. And Joe asked Les, he says, When did you, Les, when did you begin to see and understand the different Gospels? And Les told him he read Paul Van Gorder's booklet, Which Gospel When? And he began, the lights began to come on. And he began to see the difference. I probably began to see the difference from a professor in my school, David Reese, a good preacher, and had him for summer school one time for, for prophecy. And he taught the book of Matthew, and I, I saw a little bit, but didn't go any further at that moment. And then I read Warden Wiersbe in Acts 2 of how he separated Israel uh, and their kingdom offer from the body of Christ. <clears throat> he has an interesting view uh, for you old timers. He, 
he has a view that the church did start in Acts 2, but God kept it secret until Paul. <clears throat> of course, I don't agree with that, but yet he acknowledged something was taking place there. And that interested me at that time. And probably reading the books from Dr. Stam, Things That Differ, uh, that was probably the convincing thing to me where the lights came on. I began to see the different Gospels in the different dispensations. And let me just say, uh, it, somebody, I think it was Dr. Sadler, said it was like getting saved all over again. Uh, uh, you begin to see the truth, and it begins to, your heart begins to pump. And you just you get excited about that truth. And that led me, of course, to Les and then Keith Blades and then Richard Jordan and uh, Sadler's and so on, of Berean Bible Society, and on and on it goes. But it's interesting how these things can be very, very effective. You need to order this on Amazon. It's just cheap. And uh, when, which gospel win by Paul R. Van Gorder, okay? And I believe it will be a blessing to you. Let me just tell you about today's gospel of grace, the gospel that saves us today. Acts chapter 20, verse 24, he says this, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. Christ personally told Paul to testify the gospel of the grace of God. We are saved by grace through faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ alone today. That's all you do today. Just believe the gospel. Have you ever asked somebody, what is the gospel? And nine out of ten people really can't tell you what the gospel is. You say something to them and they say, well, I've been baptized. You know, well, I belong to a certain sort of church. Well, you know, I, I live a pretty good life. I think when we balance our works, I, I think I'll be okay. You know, they give you all, and see, it's amazing to me, people don't know, even know what the gospel is. It's very, very simple. 1 Corinthians 15, we quoted this about 10,000 times. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Then he tells what that gospel is in verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel right there. Romans 1.16 says this here, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, that gospel we just shared. For it, that gospel, is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. That gospel is powerful enough to save you from all your sins, give you eternal life if you'll believe it. I mean, just believe that. And how can it have that kind of power? Well, the next verse says in Romans 1.17, For therein the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You see, in the gospel is the righteousness of God becoming flesh, living a sinless life, dying for our sins, shedding his blood on a cross, 
And if you believe that, you receive the righteousness of God that allows you then to go to heaven one day. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he hath made him, Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we, when we believe, might be made the righteousness of God in him. The moment you receive Christ, you're in Christ, and you're covered by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's why you're accepted by him. It's not because of you or what you did or didn't do, how bad you failed or how good you lived. It's because you have the righteousness of Christ now because you believed in him and the gospel. Romans 4, 5 says this, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Romans 4.25 says this, Who was delivered for our offenses, he died on the cross, and was raised again for our justification to give us a right standing before God. Verse 1 then of chapter 5 says, Therefore being justified, how? How? By faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace now because we've settled our sin problem. Our sin's been taken care of. Now we have peace with God, peace of God. We know where we're going one day. We never know what our next breath might give to us. But as a believer, we know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Galatians 1, 6, Paul says this then. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ, unto a what? Wait, another gospel, not the gospel of grace, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. If anybody preaches anything else but the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ as being sufficient to save you, get away from him. He's false. That's another gospel. You see, you can't add one thing to the grace gospel. For by grace are we saved through faith that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. And if you think you can add anything to the gospel of grace, you then at that moment cancel the work of the cross because grace ceases to be grace because you've added works. And as a result of that, it becomes another false gospel. Amen? Now, that's the gospel that saves you today. But Paul, he didn't preach the gospel that Peter... James and John preached. His gospel, Paul's received directly from Christ after Peter, James, and John were in the ministry. It states this, John the Baptist, Matthew 3, 2, and saying, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is that Israeli promised 1,000-year reign kingdom on this earth that was prophesied 
it will be for Israel one day. That's the kingdom of heaven he's talking about. Christ even said this in Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John the Baptist, Christ, they preached that promised kingdom of heaven for the nation of Israel, not the gospel of grace. The 12, they were told in Matthew 10, 5 and 6, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles. Amen? Or into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's Matthew. They went only to the Jews. Hello? With a couple exceptions. The Canaanite woman, the centurion. Peter says in Matthew 16, 16, and Simon Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Messiah that's been prophesied to us. The woman at the well said in John 4, The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the what? The Christ? At the end of the book of John, he says in John chapter 20, verse 31, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing that, you Jews, you might have life through his name. As he prophesied, promised Christ as Messiah. Then Christ said this to him in Matthew 19. I, I'm trying to see you to see the difference. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Christ said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, do what? Do what? Keep the law. Hello? It states this at the church council in Acts chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 1, And certain men which came down from Judea and taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. And then verse 5, he says this, But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed. They had believed that Christ was the Messiah, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and command them to keep the law of Moses. Hello? Is that for us today? Of course not. It states in Acts chapter 20, verse 20, 21, verse 20. And when they heard it about Paul's ministry, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the law. And they are informed of thee, Paul, that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children and so on. Do you see the difference even there? You see, the kingdom gospel, it teaches a number of things that were required of the Jews. Mark 1, 4, he says this, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance 
for the remission of sins. He says in Mark 16, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And what is that gospel? And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Was that followed through after the Spirit of God came down and filled them? Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They said they need to be circumcised, they need to be water baptized. But our apostle with the gospel of grace, he said this in 1 Corinthians 1.17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Hello. In our gospel, baptism has nothing to do with us. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross, his finished work, is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it, the cross, is the power of Almighty God. Amen? You see, if you don't see the two differences in these Gospels, you will always be confused. People will always have verses contrary then that will cause you to have brain lapse. <laughs> you will have some problems with Scripture then. I was a Baptist for 37 years. Baptists require water baptism for membership. And usually we had to explain that baptism had no part in one's salvation. That was a good thing, but why did we have to go over that constantly with the candidate or in the church. It's because many were sitting there, and if they see you baptized, they think baptism is a part of their salvation. Hello? Because they've read Israel's verses. Hello? Israel's program under law. Now that's real important, what I just said. And since they think baptism is part of salvation, that tells you they don't know what salvation of Christ, death, burial, and resurrection is even about. Amen? And not only that, we say water baptism was their public testimony. Let me just say something about that. Give me a verse for that. Hell, I mean, just for fun. Give me a verse for that, that it's for a public testimony. Amen? But it's a public testimony to the world. But isn't it, they do it in the church, and usually just the followers are in the church, and the world never sees that. I think a better testimony would be live for Christ. Amen. That's your best testimony. Not a one-time emotional thing. But you live for Christ. Let that be your testimony that people see. So the Jewish message. Let me, I'm coming down the stretch here. Don't worry about the Colts game. <laughs> Did these things for the Jews under Israel's program, the law, did those things save them? 
And the answer is no. Their faith saved them. But God said to Israel, I want you to proclaim the promise of the kingdom. Christ is indeed, Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You teach them to circumcise their males, keep the law, repent, and be water baptized. And if they would not do that, that gave evidence they didn't have faith. Acts 6, 7 says this, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem for the little flock, and uh, Jerusalem greatly, and great company of the priests were obedient to the faith of what they were preaching and teaching. And if they were not obedient, if they wouldn't do those requirements, that gave proof they were lost. So, I say to you today, have you noticed that the gospel of the kingdom to Israel is different from the gospel of grace to us in the body of Christ? There is a big difference. And you can't take verses out of context. You have to leave it within its context. Do you understand that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and early Acts, they did not even know about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and its accomplishments. Hello? So if they didn't know the accomplishments of the gospel, how could they ever have preached it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and so on? Just because it says believe, believe what? Believe in the kingdom message. That's what they believe. Luke 9, 43. I'm about done. Don't, this is my second time I said that. I'll probably say that about seven times. Luke 9, verse 43. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God, but while they wondered, every one at all things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples, the twelve, and more, let these sayings sink down in your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. Go on, go to the next verse, guys, if you would. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spitted on, and they shall scourge him and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. And they understood, yeah, none of these things. And this saying was hid from them. There's a reason they couldn't comprehend the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, let alone its accomplishments. God hid it from them because he had to fool the devil, defeat him, but also to have a legitimate offer of the kingdom in early Acts. Now that might be over your head a little bit, but that's okay. So they didn't understand it, they couldn't preach it. Luke 18, 32 and following. 
You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified. Uh, you didn't go to Luke, by the way. Luke 18. Go back to Luke 18. For he shall be, yeah, thank you. For he shall be delivered unto you, unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, spitely treated, spitted on. And they shall scourge him and put him to death the third day, and he shall rise again. And they understood none of these things, and it was hid. That's once again he says that. Then in Acts 2, the death burial of Christ, when Christ, and God raised him, and they understood none of these things. Then Acts 2, guys, move on, i got to let these people go. You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it, God told them that the death, burial, and resurrection about Christ was accomplished because of their crime. They, by wicked hands, slew Jesus Christ, Israel. So he doesn't present it. Here's great news. It'll forgive you of all. No, he said, it's a crime what you did. And you need to repent of that and be baptized for your remission of sins. Amen? Paul then comes on the scene and preaches a different gospel. I only have three more verses. Text. Acts 13, 38. Acts 13, 38, guys. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man Christ is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. <laughs> And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Hello. Boy, he comes with a new message. Huh? Romans 16, 25 says this. Now to him that is power to establish you according to my gospel, the one I received from Christ personally, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Paul comes on the scene. God has, re has revealed to him this gospel of grace message that they didn't know anything about it back here, the accomplishments of the death, burial, and resurrection, and Paul says it's all of grace. Amen? And then he says Galatians 2 when he meets with the bigwigs. But contrary wise, when they, Peter, James, John, saw that the gospel of the, what? Uncircumcision, the Gentiles, was committed unto who? Me. As the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. 
as Peter was a leader of the 12, that was committed unto him. But now this gospel of grace, this new message that we have is committed unto me. So today, we have to believe in Paul's Christ-given gospel. And it's believing what Christ's death, burial, resurrection accomplished. That's the key. He died, shed his blood on the cross for my sins as my substitute. He took my place. He took my punishment. He was buried, taking my sins far away so as never to return. He rose from the dead. He's alive, showing the Father accepted his son's sacrifice as the final, once for all, sufficient payment for all my sins. He did all of that for me, and the only thing required of me, it's not a work, it's faith, is to believe that. And when I believe that, that's when I'm saved. So I ask you this morning, what gospel have you believed? Have you believed Israel's? Have you believed some type of blended thing? A false gospel? It's, amen. It's time to believe the true gospel. And I'm not here to embarrass anybody. It's just like a young person. Sometimes they make a profession of faith. And later on they get a little older and they begin to understand better and understand more and realize more. And then true faith comes to the heart and they're saved at that moment. And perhaps you've been trusting in something else. I close with this. William R. Newell, he wrote a great book on commentary on the book of Romans. He said this, the failure or refusal to discern the Pauline gospel as a separate and new revelation <clears throat> and not a development from Judaism accounts for two-thirds of the confusion in many people's minds today. Amen? I mean, that's just a fact. It's as simple and clear as the sunlight from heaven, he says. <laughs> I like that. So, as a pastor, I yell it out once again. There's a difference between Israel's gospel program, their kingdom program, prophetic program, than when Paul raised, was raised up in Acts 9 and the gospel of grace, the mystery body program, the one new man. There is a difference, and they have different good news, different Gospels, and you can't be over here, circumcision, water baptism, repentance, this, that, and all of that, plus faith. But over here, it's just faith alone, by grace alone, in the gospel alone. And when you stand before God, the only thing that's going to matter is that you were over here by grace alone. Because that will determine your eternity. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for truth. And I just pray that people would open their minds. They would step back, study it, search the scripture. And then, God, we trust your spirit to do the rest. 
And so God, just be with them today. We love them. Thank you for their attention. And just pray we didn't get off too much, but we said enough to try to challenge them to get in the book, the Bible, and learn for themselves. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? We hope you received the blessing from today's service. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpindy.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. For more options to watch, just click On Demand on the website. Until next broadcast, may God bless you is our prayer.